Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. We pray, come and have your way, Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, great to see you this morning. Give your neighbor a high five. Take a seat. Well done. I'm braving the cold frost. Reminds me of the old days in the schoolyard, running over all those crunchy bits of um, grass and so forth. Lots and lots of fun, but a good day is coming, so that's good. Well, we want to give our visitors a very, very warm welcome today. If this is your first or second time at Activate Church, can you give me a wave? And we've got a little pack there for you, some coffee cards in it. Great to have you guys at the back. Church, let's warmly welcome our visitors this morning. Wonderful to have you with us. If you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week, can you come out and join with me and help yourself to a crunchy bar? Ashley, wow. Max, come out the front. Any wedding anniversaries? Okay, help yourself, guys. Very, very cool. Well, church, why don't you stand with me as we say this prayer of blessing over them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Bless you guys. That is fantastic. Well, Pastor Sheridan is in Tokoroa. He's ministering there this morning. So he's going to be having a wonderful time. Today we have We Are Family Service at 10.30. So it's going to be a wonderful time. So I really want to encourage you, why don't you hang around for the 10.30 service? It's going to be a great time. Lots of exciting things in store, isn't there, Ashley? With the kids and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so there's a lot happening. So it's really, really cool. School of Life, step into God's best. Pencil that date in your diary, the 23rd, 30th, and the 6th of August promises to be a wonderful and amazing time. And on the 25th of July, we have Ian and Judith Green with us. It's a Saturday. Really encourage you to register in the hub for that. That would be fantastic. Well, kids, there's worksheets for you to work through this morning. They're at the back of the church, so feel free to take those. And why don't we just... Why don't we do something a little bit different this morning, church? Why don't we hop over our seats for just a couple of moments, say hello to one another on this cold, cold day, and uh, we'll take a few moments to say hello to one another as we continue on with our service. find our seats that's great isn't it good to be in church praising God was well, my pleasure to invite Amanda Amanda's going to come and share a brief testimony of the goodness of God with us this morning let's give her a hand as she comes 
Um, I just want to praise and thank God that he meets all our needs and that he's um, always there, like he's really faithful. Um, we had a warrant of fitness on our car and it's, it's a kind of older car and so it needed some things done. And um, my husband met with a friend for lunch and he said, um, I'd like to pay, like we needed four new tyres and he wanted to pay for half of them. And um, it was just such, you know, he said, I really feel that God is asking me to do this and I really want to bless you guys. And we just felt really blessed. It's not something that we expected and it just showed me how good God is that he sees every need and he just really wanted to bless us and um, yeah so I just want to yeah encourage you that God cares about even tires for your car <laughs> he cares about all things and um, yeah that God really loves and cares about each need so if you're I just want to encourage you that if you're in a situation that you know you really feel that you know a bit forgotten or just just pray and let God know and, and He cares and He loves you and He can meet all those needs. Thank you so much Amanda, that's so encouraging, very, very cool. Well it's my pleasure to invite Dr. Tony Smith, Tony's going to come and share the reading with us this morning from Psalm 19 and I really encourage you to take a few moments as we reflect on these wonderful words. Thank you Tony. Thanks Ray. Good morning, church. Psalm 19 is an interesting psalm. It's uh, the, the first six verses are about God's creation, and I feel that they hark back to Psalm 8 in many ways. And the last part of the psalm is about His commands to us and our response to those commands. So Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, their voices never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sin. Don't let them control me. 
then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
you, Lord, that you are our strength, Father. Thank you. There's not a thing we can't do without you, Father. burdens in the foot of the cross this morning, Lord. Lord, we lift you high. It is our desire that you be worshipped this morning, Father, that your name be lifted high, Lord, high in our lives, Father. Your name be lifted high over our circumstances, Lord, over our illnesses, Father. We want to praise you, Lord, in the good times and the bad, Lord. We want to lift your name up high, Father. You deserve all the glory, O oh Lord. All the glory. Yes, Thank you. And holy is the Lord. Oh, I stand in awe of your majesty. the Son, the one who died on a cross for me.
come before your throne of grace and worship you. Church, can I encourage you to open your hearts and raise your hands as an act of our worship before Jesus. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for your incredible sacrifice. And through that, we might have life and life to the full. And I believe this morning the Lord wants to refresh, to encourage, to place his anointing in a fresh way upon your life. I just encourage you to open up to him. And Father, I pray. Lord, may the Jew from on high, the Jew from heaven, that Lord brings refreshing. Like a river, wherever it flows, brings the very life of God. Father, I pray and I declare your life over every person here, over every family represented this morning. Father, we declare sickness must go in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare, Lord, um, relationships difficulties must go in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare financial obstacles must go in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you and we give you praise that you are the God of breakthrough that brings life, that brings healing, that brings fullness, that brings goodness. Lord, we praise you. Let's lift our hands and clap and give our praise to God. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Mighty is your name. Worthy is your name. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks, Lord. It was in November last year at our Thanksgiving service. During our worship time, I was worshiping the Lord as I stood here and I saw in a vision form these massive gates on the stage. And instantly I knew it was enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. And these gates opened and I feel we could step into the very presence of God. And the Lord showed me this revelation. As we step into him, he steps into us. As we go into his presence, his presence comes into us. As we express our thanks, God is just longing to hear the sound of thankfulness come from his people so that his presence can radiate through our lives. Isn't that awesome? It really, really is. Well, why don't you take a seat and just wonderful. Thank you, team. That's just absolutely fantastic. Well, it's my absolute delight to invite Phil. Phil's going to come and share this morning. So let's give him a hand as he comes forward. It is very, very good to be in here and not out there, because it is cold. Half of you still got your scarves on. Just, uh, just down there where I was sitting is where the vent comes down from the air conditioning, so I'm quite cosy. Thank you very much for asking. But uh, I guess there are pockets in the church where it's a little bit cooler. Uh, hey, it's so good, so good to be with you. Um, so good to be here. I've been really, really excited about what's going to happen today uh, in a number of different ways. So um, I'm going to speak on family today because uh, uh, I missed the services meeting, but uh, I heard it was all about, today, this morning is about family. 
So we're going to get into that. And uh, by way of a story to introduce it, I uh, last week, just before last weekend, so the beginning of the month, the Strong family all got together in Taupo to celebrate my dad's upcoming 70th birthday. My dad's just uh, retired to, to Caddy Caddy, and uh, my sister lives in Sydney with her family, and my brother lives in Hawke's Bay. And we worked out that it was about eight years since we'd all been in the same place at the same time, just for a number of different reasons, but um, it had been a long time. But you know how when you come together as family, it doesn't matter how long it's been, doesn't matter which part of the world you live in or what you've been doing, when you come together as family and you connect as family, there's something really special about that. And, uh, and that's what we, we got to experience. It was, it was really, really good. And, and I am excited about being with you here as my family. And that's the way that I want to speak today. Because I've got, a, I've got a message that I've titled, uh, Blood is Thicker Than Water. Blood is Thicker Than Water. And today I'm going to talk about family from this context and you might, you might recognize this saying, and you may have used it in the past. You may have even been um, thinking uh, when you used it that what you were saying was that your family was really, really important. Well, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain what this saying actually does mean. And uh, it might be different than what you thought. What I'm going to do now is I just want, to, uh, want you to all pray with me that the video works. So let's see if we can get picture and sound. If not, no, we're not going to get it. So we've got no video. I was going to show you this video. It's really cool. And it's a, it's a video of one of my favorite families uh, called The Incredibles. How many of you have seen the movie The Incredibles? Put your hand up. Come on. It's like 12 years old now. Still my favorite family movie. And... Uh, Apparently they're releasing The Incredibles 2, but it's a long time coming. So Jack-Jack's probably going to have his own children by the time the family movie comes out. But what I love about that family is they, they stick together. You know, they, can't, they form together as superheroes in Lycra. If you haven't seen it, you should rent it out on the DVD store because uh, it's a fantastic family movie. But these guys come together in a powerful way. So what I want to see, as we, as we open up the Word this morning, what I want you to see is an aspect of family the way God designed it. A perspective that he shows us through his Word about family and what it means for us this morning. We're going to look in the book of Genesis, and right at the end of Genesis, I mean, I, I have spent so much time in Genesis this year, I've preached from it in a number of different uh, locations and different contexts, and I just can't seem to get away from it at the moment. So it was no surprise when God drew me back to it for this week. And at the end of Genesis, in Genesis 48, we find a story about Jacob. Here's Jacob. Here he is on the screen. And Jacob is blessing Joseph's sons. So here is Genesis 48, and we have Joseph's two boys, um, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Joseph is in the middle, he's the dad, so we've got granddad having the grandsons presented to him by Joseph their father. And this is a powerful picture of family. 
And a, a little bit of the backstory, um, you might remember the story of Genesis, um, but essentially Joseph got treated really poorly, had a really uh, horrific story on the way to his destiny, ends up second in charge of Egypt, and because of God's wisdom operating through Joseph, Egypt becomes uh, essentially the steward of all the resources of the land, and all the Israelites are starving and dying, including Joseph's dad and his brothers. And so part of God's miraculous um, story of salvation and, and of his people is he brings Jacob to Egypt, where he gets to live with Joseph, his long-lost son, who he thought was dead. That's a real quick summary, Okay. And so here, Jacob's been living there for about 17 years. And so he's reconnected not only with Joseph, but he's got to know Joseph's boys and invest into them as a grandfather. But here we know Jacob is about to die. It says it at the beginning. And, and so he, uh, jo Joseph wants to preserve his family. And so he brings his boys to his father, their grandfather, and he says, Dad, would you speak a blessing over these boys? And it's a powerful picture of family. And I love, first and foremost, how Jacob gives us an example of a leader, and he worships God. He refers to God Almighty, El Shaddai. He gives all credit to God for all the things that's happened in his life, for the, the sadness, the wives that have been taken from him early, the son that was taken from him early, the hardship, the famine, the journey to Egypt, living in a foreign land. And, he, and it says in, in one of the traditional translations, he leans on his staff and worships God. It's a powerful picture of those of us who lead others that we should lead with a life of worship and direct our worship to the one who deserves it. Very interesting. What I also love about this is in verse 5 and 6, it's quite unique uh, to the culture. We wouldn't understand it, but he says, I claim these boys as my own. They will now be my sons. And if I was Joseph, I'd be, get stuffed. They're my boys. But no, in the, in the Hebrew culture, this is very, very powerful. What, what Jacob is doing is he's integrating these boys into his destiny that comes from God. It's a very powerful picture of not so much adoption, but integration. And, and the son that was um, away from him has come to be part of him. It's a really powerful picture of what God says family is like. It's not a stealing it's, a, it's an inclusion. It's an integration. It's a powerful picture. And what he does, Jacob ensures the future destiny of the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim. He, he, he places them in a picture of prominence because what he's actually saying, by claiming them as his own, he said, well, these boys will now have rightful inheritance to my destiny. And when you see the tribes of Israel named, you see these two boys listed. They're not even biological sons of Jacob, and yet they get promoted and elevated from grandsons to rightful heirs as sons. Family's inclusive. Family's inclusive. Whether it's your uh, friends, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's someone you've taken under your wing, whether it's someone that's come into your life for a short time, family's inclusive. Not ownership, but inheritance. Can you see the difference? Yeah. Thanks, Owen. Owen sees a difference. What I love about this is Joseph brings his sons and positions them at the knee of his father and he asks to bless. And we read this blessing in verse 15 of Genesis 48, which I love. 
He says this, he blessed them, he actually blesses Joseph by praying for the boys and says, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they preserve my name and the names of Abraham and Isaac and may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. This is a patriarchal blessing from Jacob. And what I love about this picture is he connects his boys to his grandfather, to Abraham. And he connects those boys to the blessing and the promise God gave Abraham in Genesis 12. There's a linear connection here. Jacob's saying, you shall be my sons and you shall inherit the promise of Abraham. Can you see how powerful that is in God's picture of family? He's connecting people back to the things that God has said for his family. If you go to Genesis 12, you'll remember the phrase, but God says this to Abraham right at the beginning. Um, the blessing, the, the call for obedience is verse 1. The, the um, blessing is in verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who bless you. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And what Jacob's doing is he's taking those boys and he's planting them into his family and integrating them and connecting with those promises of God. That's how God's picture of family is supposed to work. We're supposed to be the connectors for the ones who follow behind us. We're supposed to call them out to rise up and be connected to God's promises which are eternal yes and amen. That's our job. That's what we do in God's family. We're connected. Um, Jacob's connecting him through, obviously there's Isaac in the middle there. So there's this, there's this family line. And it's a very powerful picture of how God says, what I say is bigger than just you. If God's got promises on your life, please don't think that they're just for you. What I love about this though, and, and this is a little bit technical, but um, Jacob, when he brings those boys out and says, I claim them as my own, he makes them his sons. And then Joseph comes and brings the boys, but you'll read the story, Jacob crosses his arms to bless the boys. And, and Joseph had been quite clever in putting the, the eldest son, Manasseh, on the right-hand side of Jacob to receive the right-hand blessing as the eldest child. Jacob is old, can hardly see but has a connection with heaven. And he crosses his arms and blesses him the opposite way. Joseph gets a bit upset, says, hey, Dad, sorry, you got it wrong. You know, this guy, he's the older one. And, jo and Jacob goes, no, he will be blessed. Manasseh will be blessed, but Ephraim will receive the blessing of the firstborn, and he will be the greater. And this is the fourth generation in a row where the blessing of the firstborn has been swapped. Isaac instead of Ishmael. Jacob instead of Esau. Joseph gets honoured because of this transaction and blessed with greater blessing, a double blessing instead of Reuben, Jacob's firstborn son. And now, for the fourth time, Jacob does the same by crossing his arms. Why is that important to us this morning? Well, maybe you need to hear that it's not about your position or your place of birth that determines God's blessing on your life. His preeminence is what determines his favour flowing into your world. The only place you need to position yourself is before him. It is not about your title. 
It is not about your history. It is not about your family currently here on earth. It is about the way you're positioned before God and the way his preeminence comes as a blessing into your world. I hope that encourages you this morning if you need that. If you need that. Let me share with you my first point from the story of Jacob, if I can. God's promises are for your family. God's promises over your life are for your family, so please speak them over your children. Pray them over your grandchildren. Remind everyone often around the kitchen table that God's promises are yes and amen, eternal for all of us. How did Jacob know the promise that God gave Abraham? Because he heard his grandfather and his father talking about it around the fire after dinner. He heard his father be reminded of it when he went through hard times and it became ingrained in who he is. How will our children and our grandchildren know the promises of God if we don't remind them? Take it as a responsibility. Take it as a commission. Take it as a mandate. Take it as you need to, but God's promises are for all your family, and I encourage you to speak it over them. Why is that so important? Well, my second point follows the first quite quickly. Your faith will echo through the generations. Your faith, your actions of faith will echo much longer than the audible sound of your words. Here, a hundred and something years later, we have the faith of Abraham being repeated in his grandson for his great-great-grandsons. Your faith will echo through the generations. More than that, because of this activity going on in Genesis 48, Jacob finds himself in the hall of fame, or the hall of faith, in Hebrews 11. It says there, by faith, Jacob blessed Joseph's sons as he bowed in worship on his staff. This is an action of faith, releasing God's blessing over your children and your grandchildren. And, and in doing that, you know, what kind of platform are you building for others? You know, this church, we're such... such you know, we're in such a blessed position because we have many multi-generational families here serving this church, participating in this family, this legacy that's rich, rich, rich legacy. So we've got some great examples to look at. We've got others that are just starting that out. They're the first in the chain, but by no means does that diminish the potential of the promises God has for the generations to come because your faith will echo for generations. It starts with you, or it stops with you. The choice is yours. Take courage, though, because the truth that we read empowers us, and the truth here uh, shows us that it gets even better for us. Could it get much better than that? Well, yes, it does. Let's have a look at how the New Testament explains it uh, in a much more powerful way for us. So I'm going to jump to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, if you're taking notes, the scripture's on the screen. Hebrews chapter 8, the writer, whom we can't identify, uh, begins setting up um, how uh, the new is better than the old, and he takes, takes us through a journey of the priesthood, and he ends here, uh, where he, he's at this point here in Hebrews chapter 8, where he's talking about Jesus Christ as the high priest over the church. So remember, his audience is the Hebrews, those that were brought up with Levitical priesthood under the old covenant with rules and behaviors and regulations. 
These are the ones he's writing to. And he's explaining how the old covenant was for a time, but it was temporary. It was in place because God needed to give us a guideline, but to prepare us for a much greater covenant, which was coming. And that's what we see here in Hebrews chapter 8. We see a new covenant. In verse 6, it says this, Now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. That's awesome to read. Because what was then was good, but what is now is better. That's what he's saying. But then I love this, he quotes scripture. And he says this, the writer says, when God found fault with the people, he said this. And he's quoting from Jeremiah. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, referring to the old one. So I turn my back on them, says the Lord. Remember, Jeremiah is in a time where people are in captivity in a faraway land. So that's what the context is. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my law in their mind. I will write them on my hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. What we see here is a confirmation of the new covenant where God calls us out and claims us as his sons in the same way Jacob did for his grandsons. We are integrated into the new way and the new promises and the new life that Jesus Christ has established for us in this new covenant. He is our high priest in heaven, mediating on our behalf, presenting us before God, redeemed and righteous. Isn't that a little bit exciting? You can smile if you think that's okay. I know it's cold, but you can at least be happy to be in church. Let's look at another passage that puts the second half to this thought, Galatians chapter 3. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, and he's like, dudes, come on. We've got this new thing going on, and it's awesome. And at the end of chapter 3, he talks about how we're integrated as God's children because of our faith in Jesus Christ. He says this in verse 26, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Well, that's a little bit of good news. Because look what happens here, is the new covenant binds us to the original promise of God that we saw in Genesis 12. That covenant that Jesus established, when you choose to participate in it by saying yes to the love of God, you get bound in covenant to the promise he gave Abraham where he says, I will surely bless you and I will make you into a great people and all the families on earth will be blessed by you. You're part of that promise. Isn't that good news? Not just for today, but for eternity. Come on, let's be a little bit happy about the good news. This is a great word. This is great promise. This is a great future that we have. What I'm trying to convey, though, in the context of family is that we're bound together as one. There's no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. I don't care where you came from. When you say yes to Jesus, you're bound into this family. 
And that's a good word. If you want to respond to that later, you want to come and see me and find out how. We will be blessed, we will be fruitful, and the earth will be blessed because of us. And so now I want to come back to this title of my message. Because now I need to explain it to you. In the context of all of what I've shared scripturally, I need to explain this saying to you. Because you may have thought that this, is, this, this is saying family is really important. And yeah, I suppose you could say that, but possibly not the way you think. The origin, the true origin of the saying, look at it on the screen. The true origin of the saying is this. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Now that puts a completely different spin on it. Because what it's not saying is your brother and sister is more important. It is not promoting the natural family as the most important thing. And I'm sorry if that's what you thought it meant. What it's actually saying is those who are bound in covenant by blood... That is the primary connection, that is family. So for guys on a battlefield, fighting face to face with their enemy, losing their brother by their side, for them to cry, blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, has a real meaning to them, doesn't it? Because they're bound as brothers in the battlefield. But have a think about that saying through the lens of the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus, in shedding his blood on the cross at Calvary, formed and established a new covenant for us. So perhaps when I say to you the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the room, it has a different meaning. This means our connection with each other as we are bound together is much thicker than any natural family connection we might have. The truth is, though, that comes, any covenant comes with a, a position of performance for each party to it. A marriage covenant has a position of performance for each party to it. We've got to honour that covenant, don't we, in marriage? This is no different. And the truth is, when it comes to this covenant here as family, it's true for me to say that I have failed many times. There's been times where I've let people down, there's been times where I have sought to achieve my agenda through others as a primary means of my way of operating. Maybe I've valued what they could add to my agenda more than I've valued them as people or family. You know, there's been times where I've, uh, I've played little regard for church family and its importance. And there have been times, I'm afraid to say, where I've dishonoured church leaders and and fail to recognize them as the ones who God has appointed over me for that season in my life. And for every one of those mistakes, I've repented, I've sought forgiveness, and I've changed my mindset. Because now what it means for me is something completely different in the context of our relationship as a church family. It means that I place you at the front of the queue when it comes to my agenda and I'll treat you as my own. It means I'll find ways to serve you, I'll find ways to honour you, I'll find ways to seek 
I'll seek out ways to make you famous because of your faith in your world. That's what I'll try and do. I'm bound to your destiny and I'll do my best to support it with all the gifts and the talents God's given me. What I promise to do is I promise to seek the one in heaven who releases your destiny. And I will release prophetic utterances over your life that will bring life to your spirit because of heaven's promises in your world. That's why I love prophesying over you guys. It's what we're going to do tonight at church and it's going to go off the chain. I'm going to leave, leave nothing in the tank when it comes to doing that tonight. Blood. Blood is thicker than water. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the, blood, the water of the womb. What does it mean for us? My final point, my third point is this. Family happens within a covenant. Family, church family, happens within a covenant relationship. I believe God's favour flows when we honour covenant. What that means is when we honour family, the one God's called us to do life with, to serve and to love, God's favour and blessing flows on that in a very powerful way. It's uncontainable. I do have another video that I won't play. Oh, yeah, because we're not going to get sound. But uh, that, that video there is all about uh, a strange bunch of people that come together. And at the end of that clip, um, Manny the Mammoth saves Diego the saber-toothed lion from death at great risk to himself. And Diego says, I didn't think you would have saved me. And Manny, Manny the Mammoth says, that's what you do when you're part of a herd. It's what you do when you're family. As odd as they are, that's what they do. So as I close... Let me finish with two simple thoughts and a question for you to ponder this week. We are bound to each other in covenant because of our unified agreement in what Jesus has established. And God's favour will flow as we honour that covenant. And here's my final closing question. Do your actions and attitudes reflect a commitment to our family covenant. Amen. Yeah, let's give Phil a hand. Wonderful. Family, it's beautiful, isn't it? Nothing like family. One of the things I, I love what you shared about blessing, um, Phil, I love any excuse for a celebration in our family, be it a birthday, be it a new job for one of my children, whatever it might be. And I want to celebrate with them. And I invite them to come around home or we might go to their place, whatever it might be. And uh, the moment that they say, Dad, would you give thanks for the food? I go, right, here's my moment. I'll give thanks for the food. But here we go. Father, I pray your blessing over my son or my daughter. I pray you prosper them. You give them great success. 
May your favour and your kindness rest on them like the rain falls on the fields. And may your sun shine brightly in their lives. And they go like this. They just stand taller. They just stand stronger. And I'm going here, yeah, I've blessed them. And I'm going to keep on blessing them. As long as I've got breath, that's what I'm going to do. And so I want to encourage you dads. I want to encourage you mums. Take any moment, any opportunity to bless your children. To bless those around them. They will never forget it. My son said to me this week, he said, Dad, one of my friends, um, his mum said to him, you've, you've wasted all my money. You owe me about $100,000. He's about 18 years of age. That's how much it's cost you to, uh, for me to bring you up, and I want that money back. This is what he said. And I thought, this is just shocking. But I turned around to my son. I said, son, I've spent probably $100,000 on you. And every dollar has been the best investment I can make. If I could do it again, I would spend 200000 to bless you. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this wonderful word that Phil has brought, Lord. Father, we thank you for the legacy that started with a faithful man called Abraham, who you blessed to be a blessing all the nations of the earth would be blessed through the blessing that you've placed on him. And Lord, the lineage followed Isaac and Jacob into the 12 tribes of Israel, came upon Christ himself. And then as it says in Ephesians, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so Father, I ask this morning that your blessing would rest upon every one of us. The blessing of God that is rich and full, full to overflowing. Father, I pray, bless us, our coming and our going. Lord, cause your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May your peace be ever our portion and may your presence never leave us. Father, I thank you that you bless us, not that we would contain it, but you bless us to be a blessing to those around us. And Father, I pray firstly, may we be a blessing to you. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, we pray. Bless our husbands, our wives, our children. Lord, bless this wonderful church family. That, Lord, your name would be made famous and this city world would just be touched with the good news of Jesus. Father, thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Why don't we finish with a song? And as you go, can I encourage you to be purposed in your giving? given the uh, giving stations hang around for a tea or a coffee love to catch up 
Phil is speaking tonight. Sounds fantastic. Prophetic ministry come along. God bless. And uh, thanks too. Man.